But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. <laughs> you did, you did. A little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. What's up going on, guys? Welcome to the 9x9. Nine nine. And just like Brett Wall said, you have to execute to the best of your abilities if you want a chance to win. And that's what we're going to try to do today. This is episode number 74. My name is Everett DeLorem, and that is Mr. Rob St. Clair coming in from Chicago for the best 81 square meters of volleyball content on the internet. We are knee-deep. Actually, no, we're like, we're like chest-deep into the VNL now. Both second weeks are done for the men and for the women. We are getting gearing up for week number three of the VNL women. Of course, we're going to that down as well as recap week number two. But before that, Rob, we have some overarching FIVB volleyball world news to get down to. Um, a brand new world championship organizational structure. We know how you're going to qualify for the 2028 Olympics now as well. So, Rob, can you please break it down for us? What, what we're going to be seeing in the next few years in the FIVB. <laughs> yes. So uh, very kind of the FIVB to slip out this casual little news release in the middle of VNL when they thought no one would be paying attention. Like, oh, we're just going to completely fundamentally change the entire structure of a quad. We're just going to completely change how all that works. So uh, starting in now, it, it has been a weird couple of years. We haven't had a normal quad since like 2016 uh, because yeah. of the COVID because of the COVID pandemic, and there's just been a lot of format changes. But here's the way it's going to work starting after the Paris Olympics, starting in 2025. We're still going to have the VNL every year. The biggest change is that we will now play the World Championship every two years instead of every four years, and it will be played on the odd years. So previously, like obviously we had one last year and played in 2022. We assumed that there was going to be a World Championship in 2026. Nope, not anymore. It is now going to be a world championship in 2025 and 2027. And now the continental championships will take place on the even years. So 2026 and 2028. So that, that's a, that's a pretty serious change. That is a pretty serious fundamental change to the international volleyball calendar. This comes with a couple things. One is a change in the world championship tournament format, then um, really the only two changes, we don't have to talk about this really, but now that the world championship will take place with 32 teams, which is a lot. It's a lot of teams. It's a lot of teams. And it's going to be a lot of garbage teams. A lot of really bad teams. And a it'll be, lot of bad teams. It'll be eight pools of four, and then the top two from each pool make it out to a 16-team straight-up single elimination bracket. So 32 teams, but these tournaments will be actually shorter. Uh, they're only going to be about two weeks long and only seven matches per team at most if you make it to the medal round. So that's a little bit different. Um, and we now know the World Championship qualification process for those 32 teams. That's posted... There's not that much. This doesn't matter that much. If you host, you play. If you're the reigning world champion, you play. The top three teams from each of the continental championships the previous year qualify. And then the rest of the field is filled up with the, the remaining highest ranked teams in the world. That's how you get to play the world championship. But I oh, fine, understandable. The, the biggest thing here, though, as it is for every quad, is how do you qualify for the Olympic Games? This completely changed this year with the total restructuring of the Olympic qualification tournaments that we'll play in like 
October or whatever. They completely went away from the continental system. It's really all about that one tournament and then your world ranking. And, and then we're they going com- right back. And we're going right back. Going <laughs> it right com- back. It completely ditched this year's system for the next quad. Now, uh, for LA 2028, we know that the United States will play as the hosts. We, we are going back to the Continental Championship model with the five Continental Champions from 2026. Love that. So that's that's something. One, Huge. It, for, obviously the biggest winner in this is Canada, and we'll talk about this. Yeah. We'll talk about this in a minute. But we're, one, we're going to know f- half the Olympic field two years before the tournament even happens. I think that's pretty crazy. So you get... Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't even look at that. Oh part. yeah, five. So because the continental championship is on the even years now, it's the 2026 continental championship that will produce five Olympic teams, and that that's that's going to really set that field. Half of that field is going to be set two years in advance. I think that's kind of crazy. Then the next three teams will be the top three finishers at the 2027 World Championship who aren't already qualified. And then the last three teams will be the next three highest ranked teams in the world who aren't already qualified. And we don't exactly know what the cutoff date is for that yet. But the moral of the story here is that uh, if you can win your continent in 2026, you're going to the Olympics. And I think clearly the biggest winner for that is Canada on both the men's and the women's side. Because once again, just like the previous model, you're not going to have to worry about the United States. We're already qualified uh, as the hosts congratulations all the women just have to beat the dominican republic the men just have to beat cuba and you can both go to the olympic games in la men men yes men absolutely because it's just it's just us versus cuba on the women's there's a little bit more competition of course with the dominican republic there i would still i would still think that the international view is that the dominican republic is still the favorite in 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 that situation right so we'll, we'll we'll have to see how that that breaks down but you're not wrong the fact that they're changing it back to the continental process for for 2028 is huge. It's just I kind of don't like it how it's it's inversed, right? I would much see like world championships determine like do the top countries go first and then we go to the continental model like we had before. But right. you know, I don't like uh, that either. It's I mean it, it, it's it's neither here nor there. It, it's just a different situation. Um, I mean, I think in this way, like, we're not going to have any African, like, this year, I don't, or not this year, but in 2024, are we going to have any African nations represented? We'll have one, uh, yeah, they're, they're guaranteed to get one. It'll be okay. the highest world-ranked team, which is probably Tunisia, so they'll get one, except that the only difference for this next cycle is they'll actually have to kind of earn it. They just got to win your continent and you're in, so there's always going to yeah. be one terrible African team in the Olympics. Yeah, but, I mean, this is just classic FIVB. There's no other sport that gets together and is just like, Hmm. What can we change now? Right. <laughs> let's just let's just keep all of our people on the toes. Rule changes. Yeah. No. Structural changes. Uh. Process changes. You know. Let's just ch- let's just change it all. So you gotta love to see that. Also love the picture that they they put up. I wish we had it here of just all the FIVB board members and different representations representatives from the different uh, zones, all wearing either white or blue linen shirts. I thought that was cute. Uh, a little bit of uniformity there for the FIVB. The ditching but, uh, their usual trench coat uniforms. Yeah, absolutely. Ronnie, you can keep talking in the chat. You guys will still won't have found a setter. So uh, that that really won't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, I thought we're doing world championships. My favorite is this. Wait, I had it up on my computer earlier. Let me see if I can find it. It was how the FIVB 
was taught. Oh yeah, these adjustments are part of the FIVB's ongoing to ongoing efforts to streamline the international volleyball calendar, aiming to enhance overall fan experience to experience while prioritizing the health and well-being of the athletes as well as the needs of other key volleyball. That is the biggest lie I've ever that heard. Is, that is just like no, you don't. You don't give a no. shit. You don't care you don't about the athletes because now with the new with the new point system, it's. You have to play your best guys all the time. No one is ever going to get the only before the only time any team ever got any time off was that one year where there was no world championships and no like yeah, it would the, be the first year of the new quad. Exactly. Like that was the time when and now you're going to have to play VNL and you're going to have to play world championships. And yeah, it's it's just it's just going to be too much. It's 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 just gonna be too much. And I mean, like. Also, another thing is like the FIVB is just trying to bankrupt all of the volleyball nations, right? Because it the FIVB gets money from the hosts to to host, but I guarantee you, there is not one country that makes money off of world championships. You tell me Slovenia, you tell me Slovenia and uh, and Poland made money from the last world championships. Slovenia had terrible attendance, right? And I know this from like from how much money Volleyball Canada loses from hosting VNL. I know there's some stooges in the, in the Discord beer that Volleyball Canada should be making money. No, it's, it, there's so many expenses. When you're hosting an event like this, you need to pay for hotels, you need to pay for food, you need to pay for transportation. There's so many extra costs that go into it that the FIVB and Volleyball World is just like, here, take, you know, that's, this, this is up to you. Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it's, 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 it's going to bankrupt um, so many more of our countries and, I this I don't think this is going to last long because there's only so many times we can get Brazil and Italy and Poland and the, the occasional Dutch uh, hosts to to host world championships. Yeah, I I'm worried here about the athletes as as we always are on this show. We are we are firmly with and in support of the athletes. Every time there's a stupid discussion about this, the the our our best athletes in volleyball are treated worse than in any other sport, and it's not even close. And all that we're doing with this new calendar adjustment is making the best players in the world play more and run themselves into the ground more, which will ultimately create a worse product. I think the, I think the, the underlying thing here that we've really got to break is that the athletes don't make any money from national team season. The athletes make, all, make all of their money from playing club, right? That, that's, that's where they, they, they sign their contracts. That's where they make all their money. The only reason the athletes are even playing these international competitions is because they care about them. They, they, they care about playing for their countries. They care about representing. They care about winning meaningful, country, winning meaningful tournaments, including the Olympics, with their country's flag on their chest. But it's not like the athletes make any money from these national team tournaments. The, pro- the problem is that the, the, the FIVB only makes their money on these national team tournaments, and they're running all their athletes into the ground and their governing federations, like you said, ever into the ground financially so that they can squeeze more out of every summer with national team. I, I don't know how possible this is. It's way above my pay grade. But if, if volleyball players were to unionize, th- this, there would never be a chance that this calendar could happen. No chance. Would, it, would, any, would any athlete allow themselves to be run into the ground like this for literally no money? If there was a players union, uh, so the FIVB better better pray that nobody's able to pull that off. Them saying that, oh yeah, this this is stream streamlining, not even close to the right word here. Well being of the athletes, 
bold-faced <laughs> lie. Bold-faced lie. I'm excited to hear what Angapeth and Bruno and, and that, that caliber of players, because like those are two players who have been very vocal over the years. And I have, we have one guy in the chat um, saying, it's a lie. Players play less games in the new format. It's not even close it, to true. <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter how many matches you play in a specific format. Yes, you play less matches, but now like there's no off-season. No, right? you don't, because you need to you need to prepare for that tournament. You need to play that tournament, and, and every single tournament, every single match counts for world ranking exactly. points, which are so, which are more important than they ever have been. And I would argue, Not, way too important, way too important. And your summer is now bookended, right? Yep. You have to play VNL right at the beginning of the summer, as soon as club season ends, and you have to play world championships or continental championships right before right before the summer or right before the club club uh, season. And it's it's going to be interesting to see because obviously continental championships matter at different levels for different areas. Like Europe's Eurovolley is massive, right? Whereas the USA, the, the last time the USA sent a legitimate team to uh, continental championships was 2017 when they were hosting in Colorado Springs, right? So it's a, it's a much different, much different story for different teams. Now, I hope this year the USA will send their, their A team, but yeah, overall... It says this, this, I don't know if this is a great, this is a great thing for anyone. No, it's, it's, it's bad. Even, even for the fans, like even for me and you and all the people watching the show who just love to watch volleyball and love to watch national team volleyball. Too much volleyball. Too, it's too much. It's too, too much. much. There are too many tournaments. There are too many matches. You are, first of all, you're significantly watering down the value of the world championship. The pl- playing the world championship twice in a cycle Makes the val the, makes winning the world championship way less valuable, especially that first one. The, like the 2012, 2025 world championship won't matter at all. But the more matches there are, the less each match matters, and the less you're going to see the players you really want to see. It's overall bad for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's not great. No, um, it's 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 not great at all. And all I, right. I, I do want to talk to some players about this. Like the yeah, the USA doesn't really matter for this quad because we're already qualified like our our world ranking for these four years and our like attempting to win these major tournaments these four years doesn't really matter we're just going to be gearing up for la 2028 but i want to hear from players from every other country in the world both like vnl teams non-vnl teams like i i want to hear perspectives on this because if if, i think if we're right the players are going to hate this i think they're going to be forced to play way too much Absolutely. All right, Rob. Is that is that enough uh, here about uh, FIVB? I think it is. Trench coats, boomers surgery. and trench coats. All right. Well, Ugh. from potential p- potential for future events to what is going on right now, the VNL men have finished week number two, and there's a few fun storylines going on. Obviously, we see the week's results. Pan say still at the top of that table. We're definitely going to break those two teams down. Brazil, Italy, Poland, Slovenia, all going three and one. Argentina, France, the Dutch, Serbia, two and two. Uh, then we have the Challenger Cup down there at the bottom with Canada, <laughs> China, Cuba, and Iran. Iran not in there, uh, going one and three. And then the losers of the losers, Bulgaria and Germany, going zero and four. Rob, I want to start by talking about Japan because Japan is the only undefeated team so far. They had a couple of electric matches this week. First and foremost, going beating Brazil for the first time in 30 years. When I heard that, like that was crazy. Like that's a crazy stat to 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 think of like when's the last time Brazil or Japan 
but Japan beat Brazil in men's volleyball in FIVB play. Considering how storied both those teams are and how they're basically at every event, like these these teams, two teams have played each other a lot, even though they're not in the same the the same zone. So that's massive. And then the other big one was that five win against Argentina. Where we saw Rantak Pahashi just come up with, with not only the best performance of VNL on either side, men and women's, but truly just an all-time performance. 32 points. His efficiency was absolutely through the roof. What was what was his? 65% efficiency. 65% efficiency. That Insane. is absolutely unreal. Rob, what do you think of Japan so far? Are like First and foremost, I think this might be the best version of Japan I've ever seen, but do you think they're legitimate? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, this is definitely the best Japan we've ever seen. They are legitimate. They have they have beaten very good teams now. They beat Brazil. They beat Argentina. That is, These are the wins that we've been kind of waiting for them to have the last three or four or five years since Japan's been consistently good, but maybe not great. Now they have they've beaten two legitimate teams. Argentina is a borderline medal contender, and Brazil is Brazil. And they've now beaten them both, and they've beaten them with just unbelievable, unbelievable performances. And and again, this this one, just like the Brazil game that we talked about in our last show, they didn't have Yuji Nishida. It was Kento Miyaura again, who was also just as amazing. 27 for 39, like 56% efficiency is nuts. Yuki Ishikawa, brilliant. Japan hit 57% as a team. That's absolutely crazy. Argentina, not bad either. 52% as a team. Like the bad. That, that should be that should be good enough to win you any game. Totally. Hitting, hitting 52% uh, efficiency, 58% of the team, although Japan was hitting 68% as a team. Um, it's been incredibly impressive to watch. Both Ran and or Ishikawa and uh, Ran are two and three in overall scoring right now um, in the VNL, just, just right behind Amir has just been absolutely amazing to watch. I do think I've got some stooges on Reddit who are answering comments from like two to three years ago of me being like, Japan's not that good. Yes. And that's exactly what I said. My, my reply teams ebb and flow. This, this happens right now. Japan is in a fantastic spot. They've done really well by putting some of their top players in foreign leagues and, and getting to play that porn style of volleyball with, you know, Ishikawa and Ran and, 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 Miura doesn't he play in uh, in Poland as yeah, well? Yeah, he was the backup to uh, backup opposite on Nissa this year behind yeah. uh, Tunisian guy. Why can't I have Bentara? Bentara, yeah, yeah. Who's going to Perugia? But for me, there's still a little like if you're asking me who the best team, what who looks like the best team in the VNL right now, I'm still going to go with the USA. I, I, absolutely, for for a few reasons. First and foremost, Japan's biggest wins on paper are against France. Well, they played a, B, a B French team. B team in week number one, and Brazil, who is not quite Brazil, right? They're, they're they're not the Brazil of old. This isn't the Brazil that's dominated over the past number of decades. This is a hobbled together Brazilian team. Now that Brazilian team did beat the U.S. back in Ottawa in week one, but Rob, you and I were there. That was a Brazilian team. When you're beaten up on Cody Kessel, Garrett Mautitia, and Jay Keynes. You know, like, it, 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 it's not that big of a deal. Do I think Japan is legitimate? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think they're a medal threat? 100%. But I want to see them get into that medal round first. I don't, I still, I still don't think they are a metal threat. I got to be honest. I, I think that they, I, I still think there are three, maybe four teams that are significantly better than Japan who I would pick over Japan if they were to play in the playoffs. And, and right also, now, I, I only see two. 
I see. I see the, the U.S., Poland, Italy, and I think even France, if France is able to rescue their VNL, and we'll talk about them in a minute because they yeah. have not been good so far. But France's starters, all of them, can, can and should beat Japan. Same with Italy, Poland, and the U.S. And so uh, I, I agree. Japan looks awesome. They're really fun to watch. They're 8-0. They, uh, they, they look really good. It's probably the best Japan team I've ever seen. However, they have had by far the easiest schedule in the entire tournament through eight matches by far the easiest and, and they're, well, they're going to get they're going to get italy and they're going to get poland in the final two matches of the tournament in the philippines i think that will be a little bit more of a good indicator depending on who those two teams play uh like depending on italy and poland's rosters but japan like they're, they're going to have china and they're going to have the netherlands they're probably going to be 10 and 0 and then those last two matches won't really matter for their playoff position. So it might not, we might not even be able to draw that many conclusions from even, it. Even that Dutch game is one that I'm going to be interested, interested to watch because the Dutch are pretty skilled all around and they have Namir, right? right? I don't see Japan being able to stop or slow down Namir because they haven't played anyone like, like anyone like him on the right side. Um, you know, once again, like they play Argentina with Decheco. I think that's a different result. You know, I, I think Argentina might might take that game, especially like they were able to push him to five without the check. Uh, dude, I don't know. That's the thing is that like our, the, the offense wasn't the problem for either team in that game. Like both of them no. over 50 percent efficiency. Like does the make maybe three points of a difference in the fifth set? Yes. Maybe. But uh, yes, but it, but serving was the problem in that particular match. Uh, both of them made twenty that's errors and uh, four aces or less. Like they, they, every I mean, ball that, was either bad. was either that's, an ace or a first ball side out. That's that's not that bad. That's like Cuba's numbers just spread out across five sets. Cuba's terrible. Um, yeah, exactly. That's the point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see. I am excited. Uh, it's too bad they don't play the USA in the group stage. Um, but with everything going down and and how this the the rankings are going to work out it's going to be very interesting to see who they have to play in the in the first round of the playoffs but we will give some some props to japan because they are looking good but Look great. from japan to the usa rob your team usa four no this week um i think absolutely demolishing everyone in their path the first couple of games yes whatever but those last two especially a three dong against iran and then absolutely bullying Poland Both in that ways. last match. 22, 18, 19 were the scores. It was a bowling ball. They look made Poland look bad. And we're going to talk about them in a second. But first, let's talk about the team who looks good. The United States of America looked absolutely fantastic. This is a team on a roll. This is a this this is a team on a roll. And I mean, you must be, I mean, I know you're feeling good about it. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> it, it it is it is fun volleyball to watch from the United States of America right now. We are feeling it. Uh, it is extremely fun to watch. I was so happy to beat both Iran and Poland in particular in those in the fashions that we did. The Iran game, I mean, the obvious number is thirteen aces, thirteen. To only Mr. thirteen service where, errors. Where is Fat Ron? Aaron Russell Ron? seven seven aces for Aaron Russell. Like this, it. it it couldn't be more fun for me to watch this after the the pure horror story that was the 2021 Olympics to to be serving this well now is 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 night and day different in the best possible way and if we can continue to put this amount of pressure on teams we will 
be favored and could and should win against every team in the entire VNL. It is awesome, but it's not just that. It's it's everybody. Everybody is contributing. Matt Anderson quietly is destroying people and looking great. Doesn't need to be flashy. Doesn't need to bounce balls in system. He is so rock solid. I love all three of our primary outsides. I love all four of our middles. I love Micah Christensen, and I love Eric Shoji. I am just thrilled with the way that we're playing right now and against poland oh what, what like you said what a bullying what a bullying seven aces 38 percent efficiency as a team eight blocks served wilfredo leon into getting substituted out um he hit eight percent against us our block defense is awesome our our, our just 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 everything there's not really a a weakness I, I can see on this usa team right now and they're still having the most fun in the tournament it's really a treat to watch Although I'll have to say, similar to Japan, we're going to wait and see if they make it into the playoff, into that battle round. USA is one of those teams that I always find does so, so, so well. The, the, the reality is I think that everyone, because it's the USA and just their political place in the world, everyone's going to bring your A game against USA, right? It's, they're, like, they're like Perugia. They're, they're like Manchester United back in the day. When you play against the USA, you're going to bring your A game. Right, you're you're gonna bring it up against them, and this is why we see US have like one mediocre game in the semifinals often, and you know get get knocked down. So that's where that's where I'm a little bit worried for the US moving forward into the into the medal round. But so far, they look absolutely phenomenal. This team looks like a team on a warpath, and like they, they, there's no doubt to me that they look like the best team in this tournament they, right they look like they, the best team in the like, tournament. they are like the, the the points between japan and usa is there's only one point between the two of them despite usa having a loss and just because the u.s hasn't gone to five at all right nope. other than other than that one loss to brazil they've won everything cleanly they have six three oh victims they've only lost four sets in the entire tournament it's a lot of three dongs that's a lot of three dongs the most by far of any team like the next t- t- next teams with with as many three dongs is uh the dutch italy and japan all with three and they've doubled that so all right right now the usa hands down looks like looks like the best team music they are to my ears they, they are absolutely flying and hey it's it's fun i love and, when t- team usa is, is and we're good. playing at home next week and you're Honestly, I think that maybe brings like a little bit more pressure. I think it's oh, always I tougher. Oh, I absolutely do. Absolutely do. Um, it's always tougher to play at home. Right? We, how many? Like, when we were talking to Wade Gerard from uh, First Point Volleyball, he was telling us how many things, how many obligations that that team already has to do. Like you're you're playing at home. You're not staying at home. Actually, you're probably still staying in a hotel. But there's a lot more distractions. I would expect to see them. Uh, take a loss in 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 week number four. I don't see them going through it perfectly. Twelve and zero in that's, in in the tournament. That that's fine. And even if they do, it's not, it's not going to worry me. I think we are playing the best volleyball. I think uh, we absolutely should medal. I think we must medal, and I I think that we should win this tournament. I think that's that's the goal. It's been by far the most seriously the United States men have ever taken the VNL ever. In, ter- in, ter- in terms of roster strategy, it is very, very clear that this is the most serious we have ever taken the VNL, and uh, I think that it's going to produce some serious hardware at the end of it. Absolutely. All right, from one team who's taking the VNL very, very seriously to two teams we don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, first and <laughs> foremost, Poland. My 
goodness, what is happening with like this team on paper should be the number one team in the world. Well, right? they there's, are there's technically no, in the rankings. There's, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But they went to five with the three with with two of the with the two worst teams in the tournament, Bulgaria and Germany. They also went to five with the Netherlands, which is a little bit more understandable. They got three donged heavily by the USA, and then they turned around to, to beat Italy. I think they're currently sitting in fourth. There, no, they're sitting in fifth um right now uh, in the standings with six wins um and 14 points however if we were going by points they would be sitting in seventh uh almost on the edge of relegation with only 14 points as argentina and italy are uh just ahead of them poland is like what is going on with the poles right now rob so Do we even no, we don't know because uh, they have played the weirdest, most inconsistent volleyball of any good team this VNL so far. I'm basically throwing out all of week one because they, they rolled out a B team. It was never going to be indicative of who they actually were. They uh, The results spoke for themselves. This week was similarly up and down. They responded by they got smoked by the U.S. and then they beat Italy's A team the following day. So that was a pretty nice response. But you got to remember a couple things here. One is that Poland is hosting the VNL finals. So their their performance in the preliminary round technically doesn't matter at all. Even if they get the eighth seed, they're still going to play. True. They're still going to play in the VNL finals and they're still going to have a chance to win it if they if they put the right pieces together uh, because they still don't have Martin Janusz. I think that's the biggest thing. Grzegorz mm-hmm. Wolmach is not good. I am sick of I'm sick of watching this man set the ball. I, I was even getting mad watching him set badly against the U.S. And as we were destroying them, I was getting mad at watching Wolmach set the ball. It's 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 gross. I don't like it. He's not good. He doesn't do anything well. Firle is coming off the bench. hasn't been as good as I would have liked him to be. That team needs Martin Janusz badly. The other thing is that they still can't figure out exactly what combination of outside hitters is going to work for them. And I don't think that they, with the way Gerbin strategized it this week, I don't really think they learned that much. We didn't see, we saw a decent amount of Wilfredo Leon, and he was really good. I think, I think he was really good in the Netherlands game off the bench. Let me look at the stats. Yes, he was. Uh, he was good in the Dutch game off, yep, off, 13, off the 13 bench. 13 for 18 off the bench, although still a, a little bit of a serving liability. And then uh, who played it? Who are the outsides in, in the Italy game? Uh, it was Leon who was good, fourteen for twenty-eight. Um, still a serving liability. It was Leon and Fornal. Okay, so they they really did mix and match those three guys: Leon, Bednorse, and Fornal, a decent amount. But we still haven't seen Schliefka. We didn't see that much of Schalpuk this week, and I still have no idea. I don't think we're any closer to knowing who their two starting outside hitters actually are going to be. So Poland's taking all this time to figure themselves out, uh, uh, supposedly. But I still don't think they're any closer to knowing actually who they are. I, I, I do think that for Poland, they look at this as a warm-up tournament, right? At the end of the day, the VNL doesn't matter to them. Right. Sure, they're hosting the finals, and that's that's going to be important. I think they're going to turn the, bla- the, the the burners on because the reality with a roster like Poland's and a team like Poland's, you know that you can go into any game feeling confident. Any game, you know you have a chance to win. Right. And I mean, it's, it's the same for for USA. It's the same for Italy. I would say those are the three teams right now that ha- have that ability. Maybe the less extent Brazil and Brazil and France and we'll throw Japan in right there right now because they're, they're playing that well. But, you know, you're, you have a chance to win. But ultimately, I think Poland looks at a few things. First and foremost, um, Euro volleys. How many years in a row now has Poland choked? Blown at, it. Blown it at Euro volley. 
So that is absolutely going to be massive. And then, of course, without a doubt, the Olympic qualification. So they, they're they still figuring out a lot. And they have so many moving pieces and so many moving parts um, to figure it out. And we're still early in the national team season. Yeah, so. the jury's still out. Like, they, they, they right. They're, they're going to, I think the, the real indicator will be the VNL finals. They're playing it in Gdansk. They're going to bring the guys. They're going to try and win the tournament. And that will be the first real checkbox on are they figuring out who they are or not. Um, absolutely speaking right. of a team that isn't really figuring out who they are and they do not get the luxury of hosting the vnl finals is france gonna miss the playoffs is the def- are the defending champs gonna miss the pl- playoffs Dude, they you know might what, Rob? <laughs> they really we, might. Do we have do we have a graphic of the standings right now can we, we do can we, can we pull that up because you're gonna look and see france down there in 10th they have a three and five record this week did not help that loss to argentina really really hurt them um in that that first match they only picked up what were they two and two this week yeah two and two this week yeah i mean lost to brazil for zero points yesterday yeah lost to brazil lost to argentina um to me like beating canada is not an accomplishment same right now like same with cuba you got to beat up on two of the the challenger teams um one team just doesn't have enough horses aka canada and the other team is going to give you half of your points like the stat sheet like like cuba was terrible against france they made 34 errors so they just gave them the win Very um, bad. france is is not in a good position and they have a tough schedule coming up they've got they've got to play germany which is was it germany or bulgaria um, I think it's Germany that that's that's their only kind of gimme game. But I know they are because they're going to Anaheim. I know they have the U.S. Let's see, yeah. they, they have the Iran, Europe. Serbia, the U.S., and then Germany. And I think they need to win three of those games. If if, if you don't get to six wins, you don't. I don't really think you have much of a chance of making the playoffs. They yeah. and maybe they lose to the U.S., but they need to beat Iran, Serbia, and Germany to even have a chance, in my opinion. I mean, Serbia's ahead of them in this right in the standings, right? Serbia right. has more wins than one them. That's absolute must win. Iran is one behind them. Right, they're playing the two teams that they're going to be sandwiched but sandwiched behind. France and is going to beat Iran. I'm not worried about that one. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Iran France... is Iran is looking pretty good. I don't. No, think, they're not. Like, <laughs> I th- no, I think Iran's they, an they afterthought. Have... Iran's won two games. They're, they're an afterthought. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. There. They have. They they're... have only won one two games. I guess they fight. They fight well, but they just can't get the job done. No. Right, Morteja on on the left side is is just not good. That good enough. They just have a mean, but still, like France needs to go three and one to be able to catch the Netherlands, um, at least. Right. And you know the 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 Dutch have they have a pretty tough schedule as well, but they also play Germany. So France is really really on the bubble here, and I think that they are very much in peril of not making it at all. Yeah, they're so all the French people in our Discord need to they they need to slow their roll people everyone's been calling for Gianni's job i it's way too soon to do that the man won you a vnl last year it's his second year on the job chill out chill you still don't have Irvin ingapet who i i can't believe we're we're saying this but he's the most important player on your team and you need him how much does Badly. this make you rethink um, that you think Jean-Patrick should have won. Because right now, we have France with without or Ingepeth and with, with Jean-Patrick. You, you've been saying a, quite a bit that you thought Jean-Patrick should have won the MVP of the Olympics. Still do. Does this make you... I, I don't know. We're seeing how instrumental Ingepeth is in France's success. Without, yeah, like, France, without Ingepeth, France is, is, a, is a very average team. Okay, not that, very average, but they're not great. 
that's that's like the the discussion of MVP being most valuable or best player of the tournament. Totally different conversation. But yes, Irvin Ingapeth is very important. Uh, they need him. They need him for reception. They need him to make actual good choices attacking out of system, which so far Cleveno and Tilly haven't really done. Um, Stefan Boyer played, I think, a little bit too much this week. He was way too error prone. Um, they also, I think they need Nikolai Legoff back. Uh, Daryl Bultor is invisible in the middle, in my opinion. And he can they, bounce balls against Canada, but that's about congratulations. it. Congratulations. Yeah, great. So <laughs> I, I, I think that it, it might be a little bit too little too late for France. I, they're going to have to pull a bit of a miracle in week three to make the playoffs. And there's going to be there are other good teams that are also trying to make the playoffs who are in a bit of a better position than France in terms of the standings and their schedule in week three. However, if France were to not make the playoffs, they wouldn't really panic about that. They would still yeah. be... They would still be a favorite to go win Eurovolley. They're hosting the Olympics, so they don't have to worry about Olympic qualifiers. Like the big picture, France is totally fine. It just would be really funny if the defending champs were to miss the playoffs the following year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that never lucky is coming up with the chat: Iran without a mean in in USA, which is a huge. Like he has been Iran now. I think might go zero and four. Yeah, like True. Iran's a non-factor. They're a complete non-factor, yeah. but they're a core team, so they won't get relegated. They won't make the playoffs. We don't really need to talk about them. Yeah, but France might not make might not make the playoffs here, and right. uh, that's going to get a little spicy. All right, Rob. Now let's move on now to the relegation race that got real spicy. Of course, my team Canada did beat Bulgaria, put ourselves in a good spot. Um, we did play against uh, France. We'll talk about the, the individual matches in, in just a second. I thought we actually played pretty well against France. We got three dicked. I thought we <laughs> might get, might be able to get at the third set. If, if he had that third set, we'd be even higher in the, the standings right now because it, it, it is so close. If we can pull up the, the standings at the moment, that last win from China over Germany really, really put us in a bad spot. Cuba uh, winning in five over Bulgaria. Um, those standings there are very, very interesting. It's the, the standings that you have up are, yeah, they're going, they're, they're sorted incorrectly. So yeah, these are the volley station standings and they're, they're incorrect in sorting points over wins. It's important to point out that wins matter over points in VNL. So that's not how this is sorted. So Bulgaria with one win actually drops down to second to last. And that's going to be the big thing here. Now, Canada, like, like we talked about on our last show on Thursday, like right after the match, Canada's win over Bulgaria was enormous. Huge. Absolutely huge. But, but then two bad things happened to Canada after that that Canada didn't control. One, like you said, was Cuba beating Bulgaria. The other that really hurt was China right. beating Germany. And that was in, not good. China <laughs> beating Germany points. in four as well, getting the full three points. Uh, I was telling you, I think I said after our loss to Germany in Ottawa that like if we get relegated this year, it's going to come back to this game. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's going to come back to this loss to Germany because we've, as we've seen, Germany has been pretty terrible. I don't see Vinyarski, like if Vinyarski gets fired after this, this VNL and doesn't even make it to Eurovolley and Olympic qualifications, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I, I, I would be surprised. I disagree. I, th- I think Germany doesn't care about this VNL. They're a core team. They're not going to get relegated. They need to. F- they're missing. They're still missing their probably most important player, which is Zenger at Libero. Not having him has made a huge impact, and they're True. they're they're punting this tournament. They're looking towards Olympic qualifiers and Eurovolley. I don't think Vinyarski is going to get fired at all. But they. But- Germany has uh, been Canada's worst nightmare in this tournament. Like they beat you guys for your only win, and then they surrendered a 
a really strange loss to China. And now I, and, and we can talk about this a little bit more on our show previewing week three of the men's about really the, the details of the relegation race, but it's going to be either Canada, Bulgaria, or Cuba, or maybe China. Uh, if, China's, China's in there too, you know, for because sure. th- th- that's it. All you need is, because the reality is, is in that first week of week three, that first match of week three, Bulgaria and Germany play each other. Right. That to me is, is going to be the, 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 one of the, the major def- deciding factors. Bulgaria because loses that. There's a great if, chance they go 0-4, and, and if they go 0-4, they're out. That's it, because they only have one win. It's done, though, absolutely. So if Germany can get a win against Bulgaria there, then it's going to be good. If if Bulgaria somehow finds a way to win uh, against Germany, and I'm, I'm hoping for this here, that's when things get really interesting because they've already got six points. So a win would at least add two more. They would, they would yep. be up to eight. Both China and Canada only have five. Yeah, so I think if Bulgaria beats Germany, they're safe. And if they lose to Germany, they're probably dead. I think it kind of does come down to that one match. But then if Bulgaria beats Germany, then the most important match of the tournament is obviously the very last one, China versus Canada head-to-head. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Cuba does have a bit of an interesting um, schedule as well, too. Uh, they have to play Germany, Germany as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Cuba is still is still on the docket, right? The yeah. reality is if, if, if China or Canada, like, just take a few sets and then one of them, like, in, in in those other games before playing each other, that's all that's separating right now uh, is is between Cuba, Canada, Canada, and China. It's just it's set just record. one's lost. Yep, yeah, and it's all by very very little. Like I think Canada and China are down to like points ratio right now. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be tight. <laughs> it's gonna be tight. It 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 is absolutely gonna be tight. But hey, that's what makes it exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, all right, Rob. Do we want to break down some of the other results here, real quickly? Yep. Um, let's, from let's, from week number two, let's just let's, let's run just them down. Yeah. So uh, last show we did was on Thursday. These are all of Thursday's results right here. We already talked about China, Bulgaria. Sorry, Canada, Bulgaria, and Serbia, Germany. But then after that on Thursday, we saw the Netherlands uh, put up a very good fight in a five set loss to Poland. That match was very good. And then Slovenia beat Cuba, which we don't need to talk about. But we haven't really talked about the Netherlands yet, and I think this is a good chance to do it. Uh, they, I thought they had a pretty good week hosting at home. They played a bunch of five-setters. They won some. They lost some. They rode Namir a lot. Didn't see Valter Termat that much. Saw a bunch of different outside hitters. I think they're, the Netherlands is exactly where we kind of thought that they would be after seeing them in Ottawa. They're a fringe playoff team. And it's going to come down to what they can do in week three if they're going to make the playoffs. But they had they show flashes of playing really, really good volleyball every so often. They really do. I'm a little bit disappointed in their loss to Serbia. I thought yeah, that was I was agree. one that they that they maybe could have um, pulled through, especially since like Serbia out attacks the crap out of them. Serbia had 70 kills to, to, compared to the Dutch uh, only having 58. Um, Serbia out dug them as well. Kujunzic was massive in this one with 26 points. That might be his his best uh, performance like so far. Period. Um, but I was expecting kind of the Dutch to be able to pull through, especially like they were really close. Like they went up 2-0 against uh, on Poland when they went to five against Poland and they, they looked pretty good. Um, so I was hoping to see them kind of come come through with, with a little bit more. But to me, I really think that they need to stop kind of fooling around with Yorna and just going right with uh, Van Garderen and, and, and Toonstra. I think Toonstra is, is really, really good. 
Yeah, I think that's that's their correct outside hitter combo. But yeah, the Netherlands, I mean, they beat China this week. Then they played three five setters and lost two of them. I mean, it's not it's no shame to lose to Poland in five. I, I agree. I think they should have beaten Serbia. Uh, and then they, they did get the win over Iran, which was a great one. Um, yeah, this Netherlands-Poland game, I'm looking at numbers, see if anything meaningful jumps out. Uh, Teister Horst started. He was really bad. Van Garderen came in off the bench and was awesome, I think, if... Um, if there's meaningful games, I agree. I think it's Van Garder and Twinstra at outsides. Um, yeah, this is one where Leon and Kurek came in off the bench to kind of rescue this for Poland, and they did. Uh, they went up in the in the fifth, no problem. Uh, Jakub Kokonowski was really good. He had five aces. Uh, yeah, played most of the game. Okay, come on. Ten for 11, two blocks, five aces for a middle. That's that's rock solid. Seventeen points to lead his team. That's so. the, that's the that's the Cuba we know for yes, sure. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So that's yeah, it for Cuba. The Cuba. Big difference there, eh? Speaking of Big. Cuba, they uh, they laid an egg against Slovenia. They took the first set and then laid down and died. Gave away a million points for free as they do on Thursday. So I think that's enough for Thursday. Friday, uh, we talked about the United States getting thirteen aces over Iran. This this. This is the day of the three dongs, all four three dongs here. Argentina beat Bulgaria, yeah, whatever. Italy beat Serbia, yeah, whatever. France beat Cuba, yeah, whatever. I don't think we really need to talk about any of these games. No, it was a th- this day was the the three chumps. So let's let's keep it moving. <laughs> okay, Saturday, uh, six matches. We talked about Japan Argentina a little bit already. That was insane. The the best overall offensive game we've seen all VNL by far. We talked yes. about Poland versus the U.S. Um, Brazil versus Slovenia, and any takes on this game? We haven't really talked about either of these two teams that much. Honestly, considering how decent Slovenia has been in this tournament, this is only their second loss, unless the second uh, loss of the tournament. I was maybe a little bit surprised, but it, I kind of, I kind of think that these two teams, like if you're going to play this this game ten times, it's going to end up five five. Really, sure. that that's 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 the way I see it. I think Slovenia is is really good uh, in a lot of ways. Of course, I think the Rock is better than any offensive power that that Brazil has right now. Um, but they don't have a setter like Bruno or Kachopa. You know, give me either either of those guys over over Gregor Rupert. So I don't think much to much to say on this one. It's just as I give me this game uh, ten times, it's going to end different. Five, yeah, you know, five five times. I do like Slovenia. I think that they've been good this tournament. They're six and two. Their only losses are to Brazil and then a head scratcher against Bulgaria week one when they played their bench. Um, yeah. I think Ziga Stern off the bench is a decent option at like third or fourth outside hitter. I think he's got some value there. I think Slovenia's top lineup is legit. I, I'm not sure if they're metal at VNL legit. I think they're definitely a playoff team with their best seven or eight guys. Um, but they're they're. I don't know if they're going to punch above that level, in my opinion. Um, Brazil, lots of rotating characters. They've been pretty inconsistent, both individually and as a team. But Brazil is Brazil. They're always going to pull out some some Brazil stuff and find ways to beat teams and find ways to, to win they, meaningful games. They just have an innate confidence about them. That they're Brazil. You know, yeah. right? it's, it's like Canada hockey. It's like USA basketball. Whenever they step on the court, you know that they they believe that they have a chance to win. Right. So one, one thing that I'm seeing from the chat is that um, the Rock did suffer a bit of an ankle injury um, in in that last yep, in that's true in, in that game, and then also too that Namir apparently hurt his shoulder in that last game against Serbia. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yep. I mean, 
shocker. You, you played in the mirror all four matches. You set him 60 balls a game, and he gets injured? Wow, it's crazy. It's so weird because the Vortex are Matt on the bench. Oh, like you, have, you have a very legitimate score on the bench for you. Come on, Piazza. We're homies now. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's figure this out. Let's, let's, let's not try and kill one of the best players in the world. Um, yeah, so yeah. we already talked about China beating Germany. That That was really bad for Canada in particular. Um, Germany's outside hitter position is a nightmare. They absolutely cannot get anyone to play consistently. Uh, let's see. Bronze, 0% efficiency. Shot, 0% efficiency. Yikes. Uh, Reichert was fine. Roars was fine. Uh, they still, they, they didn't, literally don't have an opposite. They didn't play Weber. They didn't play Buma. What are they doing, Germany? Figure it out. You know, you know Germany is in shambles right now when their top scorer so far this tournament is Bremer in the middle. Like Bremer is leading. Really he's their he's best really player. good. He, he's been their fan, their best player hands down for the entirety of the tournament. But he's leading them with eighty six points. Weber, Weber just behind him with eighty five, and then Reichart with eighty one. Yeah, but, they put they put Roars on the right side for this one. Like you have two opposites on your team, and why would you not start either of them? I just don't. Understand. I think I heard something about Weber getting injured. Um, some Weber's always maybe. injured. Weber's always this, injured. This, what else is this new? What I, yeah, I know. I remember people in Ottawa they're, they're telling me like, "Oh, I really wanted to say, I really wanted to see Weber play," and I was like, "Why?" <laughs> he hit cross and sharper cross. Like he just goes underneath the block really, really well, but he's not dynamic. Like I, I, I don't get it. So we've already talked about Germany uh, enough, and then of course we talked about uh, France three dong in Canada. I thought overall it was a good performance by us. I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more Matthias Elser in there. You know, get some other guys in. Um, to me, like. We just need to rest Nick Hogue a little bit, right? He's, I know he's not the best option. He's an option that we need to, to have though, to, to, to win some games from time to time. Like he's going to be, he, we need to play him against China. Although I do think that Elser might like, because Elser's not the most physical guy. I think he could match up against China. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, I would have liked to see some of our young guns, but I mean, it is what it is. Whatever. It was a good, a good win for France at home. Made, made think- them feel good. I do think the best day, at least that we have to talk about since our last show, is yesterday for sure. These four matches yesterday were outstanding. Uh, Poland rebounded to beat Italy, which I definitely would not have picked after the the form of these two teams that week. I think we should spend a little bit of time on this. Italy, uh, statistically, not bad. Uh, I mean, all, all the numbers, I was looking at the statue yesterday after the game, and everything was pretty balanced. Um Kurek and Leon both perfectly fine on offense. Uh, Fornal pretty good on offense. Uh, slightly better serving, slightly better offense and reception for Poland. But really, this is a pretty balanced game. I, I'm not. Uh, I mean, it was at 5:30 in the morning my time, so I didn't watch it live. I wish I had more conclusions from this, but uh, I guess I don't know. Poland needed it after getting embarrassed by the U.S. I don't really know. You got any takes on this one? It looks like they just dumped. I mean, I didn't watch it. I. I went out on Saturday night pretty heavy and then I had to work yesterday. So I went straight from my bed to work. Um, I mean, it looks like they just dumped a lot of balls to the outside. Uh, 38, so 36 attempts to, to Kurek, 28 to Leon, 25 to Fornal. Only 10 went to Cuba uh, in the middle. And then who was their other middle in this? Huber. One? Dude, Huber had a bad week. He hit Huber. way too many balls out of bounds. Way Huber too was many one, balls one for six. Yikes. Yeah, you got to be that better is, than that. Is not great. It looked like Cuba Italy is was awesome. Fantastic. Cuba is always Cuba awesome. awesome. It's like Italy was blocking fantastic. But you know what? I, I'm wondering if Italy's starting to come back down to earth. Italy, to me, is a team that I don't know how much actual pressure they can put onto you. And I think maybe Gianelli has like 
there was a time when I had him in the best setter in the world. I don't know if I have that anymore, especially when when you look at his team's like efficiencies and 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 how the, their team is scoring. Um, Italy is always going to be a threat, but they've never been the favorites. Like even last year at Vienna, like they got stomped by France in that bronze medal match, right? Or was it in the semifinals? They France got, was semifinals. Poland was the bronze match. They got yeah. stomped in both. Like they got they got stomped in both, and they were just irrelevant. And that's why we didn't pay them much attention heading into the World Championships. And lo and behold, they ended up as, as World Champions. I, I think that they they like playing that not underdog, but kind of flying in under the radar a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, what we, what we were talking about at the World Championship last year was that Italy is really good at bending the other team, bending their opponent to their level and to their play style. When, when, when Italy can do that and totally dictate the pace of the game and execute their game plan better than, better than the opposing team can, that's, that's when they're really good. They're probably not the best team in the world on paper, but they can execute matchups really well and yeah. i mean this is a vnl game people are in the chatter saying that gnl didn't have his best all right whatever there's not that much when are we going to see spertoli i i mean we saw him sparingly off the bench probably as a service sub here i i would like to see him legitimately set some games i really would he deserves uh, it he's really good I, i'm speaking for all canadian fans right now italy will buy spertoli off of you <laughs> we'll, we'll start a gofundme and we'll buy Spertoli off of God, it. Spertoli like, would, would make Canada instantly so much better. Absolutely. You know, no no, no hate on, on Lou Kerr, who's been our number one setter so far. I think he's done a fantastic job. But, like, hey, he's, he's just first international competition. And he's, like, 28 years old. We, we need someone who's a, a little bit younger and plays at that top position. And I would put Spertoli as a top 10 setter, setter in the world probably. Easily. 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 All, All right. right. Uh, Cuba that, beat Bulgaria in five. This is big for Cuba to have really any chance of not getting relegated. They needed this win as they're pretty likely to go 0 and 4 week three. Um, what was it? I mean, yeah, 18 16 in the fifth. This was nuts. I mean, hey, you know, Cuba's starting to struggle when Ronnie ditches them to go hang out with Leon in Rotterdam <laughs> instead. Because um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he did. That was great. Um, they just dumped a whole bunch of volume here to Herrera and Lopez. I saw that Herrera ended this match with an ace, and he had six of them in this match, which is not surprising Ooh. when you have the worst passer in VNL on the other side of the net in Alex Nikolov. But it was actually Salparov, who the ageless wonder, or I wouldn't say ageless, he's looking pretty he's old pretty out there, old. <laughs> uh, getting aced five times. I couldn't even believe that Salparov was back on this roster. I thought he retired like a decade ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it it it's bad. So I mean, good for Cuba. Uh, this win, I'll admit, will probably keep them in, right? It it, it probably keeps them in the the, the VNL. If they, had they done it, it would have been really solid had they been able to do it in five, um, just like Canada. But yeah, Cuba is Cuba. They look somewhat limited errors in this one i mean they only made two 22 service errors in five sets which is better than the 20 service errors that they made uh early in the week against against someone in three sets so uh that's that but i mean cuba to me i think cuba to me has to be has to be the biggest disappointment of this tournament i mean i they, they i don't think they can be the biggest disappointment in this tournament when bulgaria was up 14 to 11 in the fifth and blew it that is Ooh, the big. That is the biggest that. disappointment. This tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scroll up in the volley station stats. So you had. I'm, I'm looking at the play by play here. Uh, for, so 14 to 11 Bulgaria. Then Lopez gets a kill. 14 to 12. 
then uh, L- Lopez goes on a serving run. Uh, ah. Easy transition play. Margarejo gets a kill, 14-13. Then uh, Margarejo again in transition, 14-14. Um, Atanasov, 15-14. I think then there was a challenge. Yeah, Cuba won a challenge. What's going on here? Um, Nikolov got a kill. Another challenge. Uh, Salparov got ace twice and to lose the match. Like This, this was... This is pretty nuts. I need to go back and watch the last like 15 minutes of this match. Yeah. 14 I mean, to 11. 14 to 11. Great win for Cuba. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get any more, to be honest. Like this might be the end of the, 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 yeah. the run for Cuba in terms of getting wins. But hey, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Cuba after this tournament if Vivez is still their coach, as we've been hearing all these rumors. Who does Cuba have? Oh, okay, they have Germany, so they have to play USA, Serbia, Germany, and Iran. Those last two are are are, are pretty lucky, especially Iran without a mean, um, and yeah, might... and without anything to play for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, last two okay, matches to go through really quick. Netherlands losing in five to Serbia. We already talked about this a little bit. Uh, we saw yeah. Namir start, go to the bench, maybe hurt his shoulder. Termat came in off the bench, was excellent. No surprise there. Namir did, though, have seven aces in two and a half sets, which is absolutely insane. Um, you did shout out Miran Kiyunzic's performance. He was very good, 20 for 34. That is excellent. Um, good for Serbia. I mean, these two kind of head-to-head are battling for that last playoff spot, and I think really either one of them could grab it at this point. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, let's wrap it up with Brazil against France. And Brazil... I would have I expected more from France in this one. This you're one got home. spicy, dude. You're did did, did you watch did you watch the fourth set of this? No, I was at work. We've, uh, we've, this we've, one we've, got we've spicy. I was not around yesterday. Then I will give you the takes because I watched hit this me, game. Hit me, hit me. Uh there was there is another refereeing situation here. And we've oh. there have been there there have been far too many of these in this VNL where just the, the officiating has been far too inconsistent, lots of bad calls, lots of just disruptions in the game. And so this one was an antenna chase down. Like Brazil went to go chase down a ball that went arguably over, maybe inside the antenna, was called to have gone outside the antenna. So they they pursued it. They brought it back outside the antenna. They sent it over, ended up getting the point. France freaked out. Everyone in the arena thought the ball went at least over the antenna, if not inside the antenna. But because we don't have line judges... The up and down official are standing in the worst possible places in the gym to to see where the ball goes in relation to the antenna. And then as France was complaining about the call, and as Gianni was going and trying his best to get carded, the ref told him, oh, yeah, sorry, this is a judgment call. You can't challenge this. So if you don't have the right officials on the court, if you don't have line judges that are the ones capable of making this call, it needs to be challengeable. Why are we not able to review things when when the, the systems are not in place to get the call correct? It, it's insane that we're continuing to have these problems this like in, in week two, and just all these officiating issues, so many points have gone to the objectively wrong teams. Or at the very least, you need to be able to confirm that these calls are being made correctly, and the French people are, are losing their minds, and for good reason. I think they got screwed here. And then there were net touch challenges like on... 
uh, there was a Flavio block where Flavio, by the way, has led the league in net violations this tournament. He's been he, bad. Like bad. Even even from the exhibition games against Canada leading up to it. He, he correct was, yeah, yeah. In the net way too much. So he correctly got called in the net for one. Then he blocked the following ball. Uh they they wanted a net touch on that, didn't get it. I I, I thought it was it was close. I think the net was moving from something else, but there's just a, a lot of spice, a lot of inconsistent officiating, and especially that antenna call uh, should absolutely be reviewable, and it's insane that it's not. I, I cannot believe that we can't take a look at that. Boomers, trench coats. Uh, this seems to me, it just seems to me like something that should be able to be uh, done through Bolt 6, whatever, like Hawkeye Bolt 6, whatever we have now. Like, we should know the, the area and volume of the like we should be able to calculate all this, but we don't. So volleyball the, is volleyball. I mean, not, not, not to mention, I mean, we talked about last week, Argentina and France played a game where the challenge system went down for three and a half sets. And again, we didn't have line judges and the referees were just, just hopeless up there. Like because apparently all all, the Wi-Fi went down, figure it out. All in all, I think we, I think after going through a week with, with VNL in Ottawa, I think we have to actually give some credit to Volleyball Canada. I kind of Ottawa agree with that. Because hey, that, that, the buzzer was the worst thing. And that's just was because two jacks couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the buzzer was bad. I, I can't wait to see how USA Volleyball performs as an organization in well, Anaheim. As, 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 we know, no, as we know, the hosting like duties and all of that isn't on USA Volleyball. Volleyball World took that away from them. Yes, I it's know. Not, it's not even the USAV who's running it. Like It is Volleyball World who is coming in and running this event if, because they don't want a Shreveport Bossier City. Yeah, if they're the more... Or Chicago situation. If they're the more competent entity, that's uh, that's a big problem. That, that that is that is absolutely a big problem. Okay. All right, that 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 uh, breaks everything down for week number two in uh, the men's VNL. Once again, looking at the standings here: Japan, USA, Brazil, Slovenia, Argentina, Italy, Poland, Netherlands, Serbia, France, Iran, Bulgaria, Cuba, Canada, China, and Germany. Um, and we will set up week number three on next Monday's show. Uh, right here on Volleyball Source, but Rob, before we before we jump over to the women, we, we've got a, we've got a couple of things to to talk about. First and foremost, of course, that volleyball dot store. If you want some of our merch, you want the nine by nine gear, you want the spicy volleyball gear, all the other fun stuff we got. Head over to uh, volleyball that volleyball dot store and use the code spicy for fifteen percent off. One five, one five, fifteen percent off. That's a that's a nice little deal. Uh, great stuff over there. Uh, the nine by nine squared logo rules. Uh, pick up some spicy volleyball stickers. That's a good one. They're like a dollar. Uh, pick them up. Put them all over your stuff. Uh, that I, I have several of those. They're great. Um, also, everybody's favorite segment. It's time to talk about where's Daddy. Daddy Stankovic is hidden somewhere in in every episode of the nine by nine. And when you find Daddy and comment where he is uh, in the in the, the main YouTube comments after the stream is over. If you're the first one to find them, you get a shout out on next week's show or on the following show. And well, on our last show, last uh, on our yeah, last show, yes. uh, you can see Daddy Stankovic there um, uh, suiting up for his new country in Italy. You see there him there. He's on the left. He's next to Ricardo Spertoli. I don't remember. Who is he? I don't remember. Is it Rinaldi? Uh, maybe. I don't remember whose face I, I put Daddy Stankovic over. But uh, yeah, it might be Rinaldi. Or no, it might be uh, might be Magalini. Uh, whatever, I'm not sure. But there, there's Daddy Stankovic there on the left side, like the leftmost player on on your picture. There's Daddy Stankovic 
playing for the Italian national team. Uh, our friend Devin from the volleyball coverage channel was the first to comment where daddy was. Ooh, um, Devin getting on the day. board. Let's go. Yep. Good one. Uh, several people right behind him. So if you find daddy Stankovic, uh, he may have already shown up. He, I, might, not, I, he might not have. I'm I not will say, I think, I will say, I think that might've been one of your better uh, Photoshop jobs because Thank even you. when you sent it to me and, and, and showed me, I couldn't, it took me a while to tell, like, just like how, how big the head is comparison. Like it, it, it's, it's flawless. So well done. Well Thank done. you. Thank you. My, my, my Photoshop skills are not very good. I just have a couple different daddy Stankovic head cutouts and I just find places to copy paste them i have done a, i've started to do a little bit of color matching i'm, I'm getting the trying to get more sophisticated that's what, this one like it, it doesn't it looks seamless right like it, it looks real <laughs> good so I, I i i definitely applaud you i can't wait to till you show me after this one uh what uh where you put them in in, the, in this episode so if you find daddy comment where he is on uh in the main youtube comments after the stream is over and you get a shout out on next week's show all right, Everett, is it time? Uh, we get, of course, it's Monday. There's no VNL being played today because we have to worry about week three on the women's side. It's time. Uh, this time next week, we will know who the playoff field is on the women's side. And, of course, unfortunately this week, for us North Americans, by far the worst viewing experience in terms of time zones. The VNL is going down in Korea and Thailand. So uh, if you're in North America, you basically have no chance to watch any of these games live, which is a real shame. So going down in Suwon, Korea this week, we have Germany, the Dominican Republic, Bulgaria, the United States, Poland, China, Serbia, and of course, Korea. Thanks for participating. Thanks for hosting. Maybe you'll win a set at home, but probably not. Also in Bangkok, Thailand, we have Croatia, Canada, the Netherlands, Japan, Turkey, Brazil, Italy, and of course, Thailand. So two east asian host sites one one is great i love the fact i like i like thailand i think that's a love great... the fact this is a country that clearly loves volleyball their women's team has getting been getting better and better it's just bringing a new flair to it all i love the fact that we're going to thailand hate the fact that we're going to korea hey you suck host they, they do suck host. they certainly host. do so there's uh, so bad dude it's, it's it's just it's just frustrating no sets one their ratio is absolutely terrible, like in 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 everything. Uh, and instead, Bulgaria is going to get relegated just because uh, Korea's got that money. However, I mean, Bul- well, Bulgaria's been back I've got a stuff. nice little graphic prepared for the women's relegation race that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but okay. first, I think we should talk about some rosters. There, there. We don't need to talk about every team because it's week three, and we kind of know uh, what the teams have done at this point. But there are a couple notable moves. The first and probably most important, like you saw featured on our thumbnail of the show, Tiana Boscovic is back. Tiana Boscovic is back for Serbia. She is going to try to rescue her team's season or tournament and get them into the playoffs. Right now, Serbia sits in ninth. They are tied with Canada and the Dominican Republic at three and five. And I think they need to go at least three and one this week to have a chance to make the playoffs and uh, defend their bronze medal from last year. So Boscovic is back. As is Maya Onyenovic. So what are they going to do at setter? That's going to be very interesting. But at least they get one of the best opposites in the world back to try and make the playoffs. However, it's worth pointing out, Everett, the last we saw of Tiana Boscovic, maybe the last four or five matches of her club season with the Zajabasha, she was not very good. Not very good in the in the Sudanar League final. Not very good in the Champions League finals. So hopefully some time off has done her well. Otherwise, uh, Serbia might miss the playoffs. Traditionally, she has looked very good with Serbia. She has True. looked very good with Serbia. And then when you look at Serbia's schedule, too, 
it is fortuitous. It is in their favor. Sure, they have to open things up against China. That's one, not only one of the best teams they have on their schedule, but one of the best teams so far. But then Germany, Dominican Republic, and Bulgaria. Three teams who, if I'm not mistaken, aren't even in the the, uh, the playoff race. So I think that... Germany is. is. Oh, Germany uh, is, yeah. Yeah, Germany is still Germany's like six. But every, Serbia should beat all three of those teams, no problem. Yeah, both even, even should be... Even, like, I, I would expect... So if Serbia wants to be Serbia and be a team, I want to see them go 4-0 this week. Yep, very right? possible. That's, that's I want to see them go 4-0. If they get 4-0, they can make it up to seven wins. I think that's a team that's definitely going to be making the playoffs. Yep, seven and five is I think is definitely going to be good enough for the playoffs. And Serbia with Boscovic, I agree. Even against China, uh, they match up well there. They should beat the other three teams. Uh, I think they easily could go four and zero. Good time to bring Boscovic back. We'll see what kind of form she's in. Speaking of meaningful, Zajibasha opposites. Samantha Fabrice and Bojana Butigin are both back for Croatia. We've been waiting for Croatia to try and figure it out, get their their two best players to try and avoid getting relegated. And just in time, Croatia right now at two and six, they get their two best players back to try and avoid getting relegated. I think that could be could be pretty massive. Yeah, but when you look at Croatia's schedule, it is not easy. Uh, the first two may be a little bit easier. Uh, Canada's going to be a toss-up. I'm honestly going to pick us against Croatia right now, like, I think that's a no-brainer, the way that Canada has been playing uh, compared to Croatia. Even with adding adding those two, I still think I'd, I'd pick those. Then they got the Dutch team, and as we've talked about, even though they're a core team, they do, are doing a little bit of rebuilding. But then Italy and Turkey. I think Italy, depending that that B-team roster, I'm it not sure, but I still, think, I still think it's a toss-up. So I think if – I mean, a win at this point is, is massive. A, a win at this point will give them three wins. Uh, Bulgaria's only, only got one. So, but – I don't know if that's actually going to help them get anything more yeah. on, on the schedule because they could they could conceivably go one for this week as well. They could. Don't worry. We're going to talk about the relegation they, race they, in much more detail, but I thought it was worth bringing up the roster. Once again, they had both of those athletes at the World Championships and they lost to Korea at the World Championships. They did. So, they did. So, anything's possible here. They did. Very bad performance. Very bad. Um, speaking of players that are back, it is about time. I'm very excited because Gabi Guimaraes is back yes. for Brazil. Great news. Very excited to watch her. I mean, Brazil's 6-2. and two. They're going to make the playoffs, but uh, they're, they, could, they could potentially go 4-0 and this week. I actually would probably pick them to do so. Uh, and I mean, Gabi's awesome. She's so good. And she's going to kind of fill the only hole that Brazil has even sort of had this VNL so far is outside hitter play and maybe a little bit of reception. And she is absolutely world-class in both. I'm, I'm excited to watch her. Yeah, but they've, they've got four, four good games, like four solid teams out there. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I do think that Gabi might be my favorite woman's player to watch. She's awesome. Just, just she's oh, so fiery the so way good. that she plays like all like, like women's volleyball is so dominant by just dominant right sides at the moment. I love like that she passes. She plays deep. And she's fiery. She's a good leader. She's explosively offensive. Love she, it. Love it all. Love passes, Gabi back. Passes two thirds of the passes court and is the nails. best yeah. offensive player on their team. Yeah, she's. She's crazy valuable, so she's back. Pound, um, what's pound up for Pound? She might be the best volleyball player in the world right now. Ooh, pound she's in the pound. conversation for sure. She's she's in the conversation for sure. Sure, okay. Um, right. it, we, we talked about Italy. They've still got a, they've still got the B team. Still no Oro. Still no Antropova. Still no Bosetti. Still no Pietrini. Still just a whole lot of B team for Italy. 
However, I mean, they did go four and zero week two with a bunch of five centers. They're five and three. They, there's a chance that they could still squeak their way into the playoffs somehow. But I don't think Italy really cares. If, if they really, if they really cared, they would bring a couple good players back this week. But they're not. It's, it's they're again, not. it's a B team. Whatever. Honestly, my biggest example of why we should have an off season is watching Alessia Oro just live her best life um, <laughs> right now on Instagram. She went to, it looks like she went to Argentina for a little bit to hang to out, with, hang out with They're, you know, running some camps together, which like, imagine going to a camp and you've got like basically the two best sets of hands in the world and DeCecco and Oro coaching you there. Like that's phenomenal. Then she was going to pride and Cagliari, you know, hanging out on a boat, pairing like, Alicia Oro is just living her best right, life right now, and I'm here for it. Right, I love seeing volleyball players outside of a volleyball situation. So and get an I, off I season, it. man, must be nice. It it, yeah. it, it, it must be nice. So, yeah, the Italy, do what you're going to do. You know that once you bring back Oro and and Agonu and Sila and and everyone else back in uh, for Euro volleys and your and uh, Olympic qualifying, that it's 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 going to be legit. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Italy with the B team. Japan, basically the same team, but they do get Satome Fukudome back at Libero, who, uh, who we both really like. Uh, she was unbelievable at the World Championship last year. So other than that, Japan's the same, same wings, same setter that we expect. Big omission this week. No Melissa Vargas for Turkey. Very interesting. Uh, so it'll be Abra Karakert's spot. But Turkey is six and two. They're going to make the playoffs. They can they can afford to give Vargas a week off. She's done a great job carrying their offense the first two weeks. I actually kind of like this move. Rest her up to try and win the tournament in the finals. Absolutely, it's a, it's a long year. You have who like up until this point was a legitimate like big contender on the right side there. Although I would almost like to see like if if a big brain move by Santarelli would be put whoever is like i don't even know who her backup oppo is in, in place of vargas like, who, who are they bring they bring karatasu no they can't bring karatasu no. um but and just keep uh character on the left side <laughs> right no but like, see, seriously, like give give her more reps on the left side make her pass a little bit more get her comfortable over there because that's where you need her long term right give more don't, don't put character anywhere because you know what you know what you're going to get her from her on the right side Right. And you know that you're going to be able to move her back at any point and, and get that right now. Isn't the time you need to win. It's it's pool play. It's VNL. It is the least like in terms of importance for this summer. It is the least important matches you're ever going to play. Right. So just keep Karakurt on the left side. Keep working around. I think that'd be a big, big brain move by Santorelli. That it would be a big brain move. Turkey does have a tough week, though. Schedule wise, they've got Japan. Then they've got Thailand in Thailand. I think that they can still win that. Then they've got Brazil. Then they have the free win against Croatia to finish it out. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll kind of see what they do. I think that 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 take isn't that crazy. Yeah. Um, last, the only other team we really need to talk about the roster is the USA because this is the closest thing that we will see to the American A team all tournament. So uh, we got everybody back. We got Lauren Carlini back. Uh, so Carlini and Hancock the setters, Drews and Thompson the opposites. The outside hitters I think are interesting. It's Ali Franti, Karabayama, Catherine Plummer, and Kelsey Robinson. So no Khalil Lanier, who's been unbelievable all tournament, but uh, maybe she'll um, take a week off and show up in the finals. At least I hope. Um, no Chiaka Bogu is really the only player missing. I heard she tweaked her knee. I hope she'll be fine uh, to play in Texas. But this is the closest thing to the A team we've seen so far for the USA, and it hasn't really mattered. We've still been really good. So um, I expect the it girls is, to have a good week. 
it is a loaded week with three playoff teams. You've got Poland, who's the other top team uh, so far. China's been fantastic. And then Germany, who's been putting together a pretty solid run. The only gimme there is going to be Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, I have not worried in the slightest about Team USA at the moment. Nope. Uh, they look good. Maybe not as quite as good as the men, but still look pretty good. And I mean, we know how dangerous they are at at all times you can run that lineup and you know what Karch I think Karch does a really better much better job at running the lineup than, than Gerbich does so hey it's uh it, it's fun to watch unfortunately we're not going to get to watch any of these these nope. games are all 230 230 430 all those times eastern brutal not not idea not ideal for uh North American fans there so let's take a look in a little bit more detail at the relegation race this is this is big so we've got the five challenger teams. One of these five will be relegated, and it sure as hell isn't going to be Poland because Poland is seven and one. They look outstanding, so you could ignore them. So what we've got on I'm, the screen is team. I think this will be. Sorry, go ahead. The, the team, their record, how many points they have. But again, matches one is more important than points, and then who their four opponents are this week. And I think that's how we can kind of put this into 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 a picture and we'll be able to catch up on this in our next show on thursday but you see bulgaria they're one and seven however they get korea first so i think that's going to make this even more interesting because if bulgaria wins which they should they get three points they'll be at two wins and eight points and then the pressure will be on croatia at that point yeah absolutely and as we talked about croatia does have a pretty difficult schedule uh, this week so um all in all i really think it's just about those those two teams who do the who does the dominican play this week uh, uh that germany some... korea it's a free win there china free and win. then serbia so okay I, so I, but uh, yeah. dominican will beat korea easily so i think they'll get to four wins that'll be no problem um canada even if you girls do go oh and four which uh like maybe, maybe losing to Croatia, but I doubt it. Three wins is you'll, you're safe. You're safe at three wins. It's going to be either Croatia or Bulgaria. And if Croatia beats Canada, I think they're safe because Bulgaria will beat Korea. So uh, it's I think the pressure's on Croatia, and their best chance for a win is either Canada or the Netherlands in their first two matches, probably. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and for Canada's side, we have to play both the Netherlands and Croatia. Uh, we've got Croatia, Bulgaria, or sorry, Croatia, Brazil, Italy, and the Netherlands. Honestly, could beat the I, Netherlands. I, I think there's a potential of us going three and one this week. I don't know about Italy's, that. Italy's B team. Italy's B team. We're like, what? Like, how many? Well, I guess we're two, two wins behind Italy's B team, but still, like, I, I don't see, like, Italy's B team is a beatable team for us. I think two and like two we beat, would we beat, be. We beat Serbia. Yeah, you, you beat a, a bad Serbia week one. I mean, if if Canada goes three and one, then we could be talking about the playoffs. And uh, now you got you got three teams at three and five right now: Canada, Dominican Republic, and Serbia. And I think Serbia is going to go four and zero oh this week. So Canada is going to have to be pretty darn good to make the playoffs. But in terms of relegation, I think Canada is very safe. Absolutely no. Concern. Yeah, we're 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 not getting relegated. In that nope. that's that's fun to say. Uh, I absolutely love that. Um, and I don't. I like. I think the playoffs is a little far off just because there is that uh, two match gap between Italy and Japan, who sit in seven, seven, seventh and eighth. Um, I think Serbia is probably the best case. If any team is going to be able to jump jump through that, I think it's going to be Serbia. But still, um, I do think that at least two and two is definitely like if we do anything less than two and two, I'll be disappointed. Okay, fair enough. Right, like like I, I in on paper, I think we should beat both um, both 
Croatia and the Dutch. I do agree with that. And it is nice. It must, I assume it, it must be nice to be talking about Canada and like, all right, here's, here are these matches that we should win. I, I want, we want these wins for just really moral victories and to feel good about where we are as a team and not having to be worried about being relegated at all is probably a pretty nice spot to be in. Uh, wish we could say the same for the men. <laughs> We're talking about the women right now. Though, right? We are. We are. <laughs> We're talking about the women. So I think, I think you can sum up the relegation picture in Bulgaria should beat Korea. If they do, they'll be two and seven. They'll, they'll get their second win. They'll get some points. Then it will come down to can Croatia get a win potentially or get some points to maybe break the tie with Bulgaria. That, that I think is going to be it. But again, Croatia has Fabrice and Budigan back. That is big. They're, uh, they're throwing everything they can out there to try and stay in the VNL. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's what it's going to look. Anything else do we want to talk about? No, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, for, let's, for... We can run down the, the, the first couple days worth of match schedule really quick. Uh, so Tuesday, Germany, Dominican Republic, Bulgaria, Korea, gross. Croatia, Canada, then Thailand versus the Netherlands. Wednesday, United States versus Poland, China versus Serbia. Both of those games are really good. Japan versus Turkey and Brazil versus Italy. Actually, all four of those games are on Wednesday are pretty Ooh. good. Too bad they're all overnight for us North Americans. Then Brazil Thurs- versus Italy is at a, is at a decent time. It's at like nine thirty Eastern time. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's not bad. That's so that's bad. that's like a that's like a wake up and watch. I'm I might on like tomorrow morning I might wake up and watch Canada versus Croatia. It's at six a.m. for my for me, so it's not terrible. But that's mm-hmm. a. That's a that's a wake up. Throw my laptop on my lap and just kind of watch it as I, as as I'm as I'm as I'm half asleep and I can yep. go back to bed. After no that. chance will I be watching any of those games. Thursday we get six matches: Poland versus Germany, United States versus Bulgaria, Dominican Republic versus Korea. All those in Suwon, and then in Bangkok, Croatia versus the Netherlands, Brazil versus Canada, Thailand versus Turkey, and then we will come back with our next show on Thursday after those games are over. Yeah. All right, should be uh, should be a pretty fun week. I'm um, actually, I think that Thailand versus Turkey match should be pretty good. Maybe without 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 Vargas, I think that's that's a chance there for for Thailand. I think for you're sure, forgetting the, at home. I think you're forgetting that Thailand went zero and four in week two. Yeah, but they're playing at home. I have uh, I, I have I'm not impressed. Uh, there's one more thing that we have to talk about, and I, I can't believe that I'm going to bring up the European Golden League because I don't think it matters. I don't think anybody should watch it unless your team is playing in it. But uh, it is it does kind of have VNL implications, so we can talk about the fact that Turkey on the men's side has won the men's European Golden League. They beat Ukraine three to two. Uh, it was fifteen to six in the fifth, which is ridiculous. Uh, so they win the men's Golden League. They will play the Challenger Cup this year again. Remember they'll, last both, year. they'll both play Challenger yes, Cup. Yes, they both will. So Turkey and Ukraine will both play Challenger Cup. Um, Alongside the Dominican Republic. Great. Good for them. Whatever. Uh, I know that Adis Lagumja didn't play well. Some guy named Khan, Khan something came off the bench at opposite and played well for Turkey. Great. Good for you guys. Go to Challenger Cup and win it. Then we can talk about something meaningful. So that's it for Men's Golden League. I actually do think that we should talk about Women's Golden League a little bit. Thing number one is why is this tournament a different format than the men's? Stupid. Very stupid. Play the same format. This one is the Golden League women's is home and away. The Golden League men's was just one match in the semis and finals. So I don't understand why we're doing that differently. Sweden is playing Belgium on the women's side right now in the Golden League semifinals. First leg of the semifinals, Sweden beat Belgium 3-2. to two. Isabel Hawk was obviously the only player that mattered. 
But we got to talk about Belgium because there are two important things here. One is that Belgium's head coach, some guy named Gert van der Broek, who has been scrutinized the last couple of years, he's been suspended for a year for being emotionally and occasionally physically abusive to his players. And kind of like we were talking about last year when Belgium was in the VNL, uh, they only had Brit Herbots and nobody else. And there are other good Belgian female players out there who have refused to play for this guy. So for some reason, Brit Herbots has always sided with this guy, this Garrett Vandebroek character who just got suspended for a year. Brit Herbots has always liked this guy. The rest of the Belgian players that are meaningful have always hated this guy and have refused to play for him. So this coach has been suspended for being abusive to his players and Brit Herbots in protest for that in defense of this idiot has refused to play for Belgium. So this match, Sweden beating Belgium 3-2, to two, didn't have Brit Herbots in it. So take that for what... That's why Isabel Hawk scored 38 points. 38 points is a lot, but I mean, you would think that points. Sweden should be able to beat Belgium without Brit Herbots a little more convincingly than over time in the fifth. So that's what's going on with Belgium right now. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know anything more than that, but uh, from what, everything we hear from everybody not named Britt Herbots really hates this coach, and I think maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about it. Uh, it's always like questionable to me when you have someone who's like standing up for a coach like that. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of goes, you know, half and half. I, just, I don't know enough about the Belgian system or their coaches. All I know about is, is Britt Herbots. Um, I mean, just looking at this box score here, looked like it was an interesting game. Uh, at least, I mean, they've the Dutch still have some decent players, you know. So then, Van Gestel based mainly being the other one who scored twenty. But man, is the hawk, and you know that's another hawk. Yeah, yeah, Anna Hawk, Anna her hawk. sister. All right, let's hawk it up. Huh. I think she played. Uh, I think she played university in the NCAA for a hot second, if I remember right. I don't, I don't remember where. Let's uh, Anyway, yeah, Isabel, Isabel's hawk really. Isabel hawk is really good. Breaking news: We'll see if uh, Sweden can breaking news. Break Isabel news. hawk, Isabel hawk is really, really good. good. Really good. Yeah, great. So we'll see if Sweden can beat Belgium again. I think the on the other side of Golden League, it's uh, Ukraine and the Czech Republic. This to me is this is the real final. This semifinal is exactly the real final. exactly. So maybe Sweden can play Challenger Cup. Maybe we can get Isabel Hawk and VNL next year. That would be pretty cool. But I think that's more than enough conversation about the European Golden Leagues. It's VNL. Nonstop action starts basically overnight tonight over in East Asia, both uh, Korea and Thailand on the women's side. We will be back on Thursday uh, as sort of our midpoint show for women's VNL as it will be increasingly clear the playoff picture and the relegation picture. That will be very fun to break down. Real quick, Anna Hawk, she played at Miami and then Marquette from 2015 oh, cool. to 2019 and then played in France for a few years, but she's going to go play for Cuneo next year. Nice. Good for the her. more you know. The, the more, more you, you know. know. All right, Rob, is that it for us? I think it is. All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. First and foremost, make sure to head over. First and foremost, like this video. We've only got yeah, 40, yeah. 43 likes. You guys have been killing it with the likes recently. The numbers have been fantastic. We appreciate you. Um, so make sure you, you like this video. Because otherwise, you need to have over to head over to that volleyball.store to buy some, buy some of our merch. Use the code SPICY for 15% off. And where's Daddy? We've already had some of you Stooges uh, tell us in the chat. Um, make sure you have to wait until after after right. the show to go, to go let us know. And we had somebody pointing out, oh, Daddy Stokovic is next to Spertoli in this Italy photo. Yeah, 
That's because I told you he was there. That's because this was from our previous <laughs> show. So Daddy Stankovich is somewhere else. There also are people like, wait, who is this guy? Why are you talking about this daddy guy? Well, this is Dragon Stankovich. And why do we call him daddy? Just look at him. Just look at him. Why daddy. Do you think, why do you think we call him daddy? That's Just appropriate for Pride Month, to be honest. <laughs> All right, people. Uh, thanks for watching. We'll be back on Thursday. Enjoy VNL. Join the Volleyball Source Discord. Link is in the description. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on Thursday.